because I left my office at 342 on campus. You know what? You know what the traffic is like on uh, uh, around Auburn. If you've been, you know, if been out, stuck your head outside the door, you've seen the traffic that there is. Uh, but I made it. Drew's here. Dan will be here shortly. Jason Caldwell from uh, Inside the Auburn Tigers, AUTigers.com, here in the studio. JC, how you doing today? I'm good. Uh, just uh, This is, man, beautiful day, so it makes me, really know, is. makes me know that baseball season's close because uh, we know the storms are coming in cold weather. Um, just wait a day or two. That's yeah, right. I, 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 did go, I went out there for a little while today. It was, oh, that, it, that's it, cool. It today out, would have been a great day. It was a good day to walk around and uh, – and uh, see some guys getting after it a little bit. So it was nice. And no full squad practices yet, but they can do some some bullpen and some things like that. So. Right now the question is, I mean, um, the, the the squad. I mean, there there's so many guys that, that you just uh, – I, I, there's I've seen and had some questions of, you know um, – Will there be will there be trouble getting down? And what's the max number? It's usually thirty five, isn't it? Up, haven't 30, they? Thirty eight. It's yeah. thirty eight because of sixty year guys, right? So yeah. So if you got guys that that would not normally be on the roster, then they don't take away a spot from okay. somebody. Else. Same way it was in football. So you can mm-hmm. have those guys if they're a potential six year guy. Yeah. So uh, we we could talk about that in a little while. Let me go ahead and and get to a couple of things though. We need to let you know, and that is hour uh, number one of the drive. Brought to you by our friends at Kia of Auburn on South College and KiaofAuburn.com. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. And they're also the sponsor of our hotline. You can uh, join us with any of your thoughts, questions, comments by calling 334-321-1390. You can also text us on the drive text box, and that number is 334-564-1840, and the text box is sponsored by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. Well, Jason, it is a, um, it's a busy time. Um, it, 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 there have been a flurry of announcements from transfers and official word on a couple of additions to the signing class in football. But let's get started with basketball, a big win for Auburn last night in Oxford, Mississippi, a place that has not been the easiest place for Auburn to play. And uh, it was a tough ball game. Auburn trailed by a point at the half. But I really thought in the second half, it looked much more like the the Auburn we saw against Arkansas this past Saturday night. And and a, a um, I thought a, a big win, one that they really needed, and to continue to build on that Arkansas win, as they uh, uh, as they went, what was it, eighty one seventy two? I think was the uh, final last night. Yeah, eighty two seventy three. Whatever yeah, it was, a nine point yeah. game. Um, no, I, you're right. It, it has not been an easy place for Auburn to play basketball over the years, and it wasn't an easy place to start last night. Um, no, but not the, that the crowd was a factor. No, no there was goodness. You could have, yeah, you, you could have thrown you could, a grenade. You could hear, and, 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 you could hear Bruce throughout the game. Yes, um, but no, I thought they responded well again. To me, for now, a couple of games that are here in a row, Alan Flanagan looks like the guy that we thought he was going to be three years ago. Right. Um, and it's it's interesting to hear them talk about it, too. This was a player-led thing, going, look, we need to communicate more. We need to talk more. And I think you can see these guys more relaxed. Um, I think you can see them more relaxed. And, and but he's making some shots. He he made a couple of tough shots last night, a, a big three. Uh, that was a, kind of a step back. That was a really tough shot. 
that combination and and when you get Wendell Green playing well, mm-hmm. this Auburn team can play with anybody when you get one of those two pieces. When you get both those pieces playing pretty well uh, with with the way that Broome's playing inside, then then they become a team that we expect to be, which is a team that's tough to beat. Now, like most teams, if you if your best players don't play very well, then you struggle. I mean, look at Kentucky. Look at some of these. It, it has an issue. When these guys are playing well, and they have, and they've got a little confidence for the first time in a while, uh, you start to see. And now they've got a chance to make some hay, and they and they need to because the back end of the schedule. Sure, is really this, tough. this is the time. This is the time for this team to make some hay and to get a. They need to look, gives themselves a little breathing room because there it's going to be. There's going to be some tough times down the road. Uh, I mean, obviously when the schedule and playing in this league, you look right now. If last night showed you anything, it showed you that. Going on the road beating anybody right now, you might as well just say, hey, let's, I'll take whatever I can get. The first 10 minutes of the second Hey, Dan. Half, hey, everybody. I thought we could play it off like I've been here the whole time. Well, no, I let folks it. know that you'd be the, in in a minute the, or two. So. The first 10 minutes of the second half last night, I thought considering the location, uh, you're on the road in the SEC, you're facing a team that probably... I mean, they, they might have looked at last night's game as a must-win game. After, well, I, after I'm the way, sure they did. Certainly, and and... That you you get it offensively and defensively. I think Ole Miss only scored ten points in the first eight nine minutes of the second half last night. Auburn, I think it was a twenty six thirteen run at some point. A lot of that is Wendell Green and Alan Flanagan. I mean, that's some of the best basketball Auburn's played all season, coming right out of halftime in a competitive road game that they were trailing at at the right. break. I mean, I thought that was. Really reassuring, and and I understand Ole Miss is, you know, if we were, if we were picking sides, Ole Miss would probably be near the bottom of the SEC, right? If you're if you're picking, they them, but, would. But, but I mean, still. you know, we we mentioned yesterday they played Tennessee to within four, held Tennessee to sixty three. I mean, they have played. This is this is a brutal schedule for Ole Miss to start the conference play. Right. I, th- I think they're still going to win some conference games uh, along the way, especially if Kermit Davis can hold the nucleus of that team together and if Ruffin can get healthier because he's buried Auburn or he's, he's had some strong games against Auburn in the uh, in, in the past. But, no, I think that the, the, the hot streak of Wendell Green and Allen Flanagan. Jason, I don't want to go overboard. I compared it on Monday to – the way you felt when Jared Harper and Bryce Brown were rolling. Because when those two were in control of the game, I remember Auburn beating teams that maybe had more pay, more talent on paper than the team that won the conference <coughs> in 2018 and the, and the team that went to the Final Four in 2019. And the last two games, the stat lines are... I mean, they're within they're within striking distance of a of a Jared Harper Bryce Brown average versus what you've gotten from Wendell Green and Allen Flanagan these last two games. The difference is is that this team has more firepower outside of those two right. guys than those those teams with Janai and Jalen. Yeah, yeah this, absolutely. This team has more potential to score. Whereas those teams, if those two guys did not play well, then then and here's the thing: they got on a run, and when they did. You know, you had Chuma, and you had some guys that could could fill in some gaps there, but but this team has more scoring potential inside, especially that when you pair those things together, it's a similar thing. It's like Samir and and Javon McCormick a, sure. a few years ago, the same thing. And you look at the, what that team was doing until their season got halted. 
very similar circumstances, I think, when you look at it and um, different type of thing. Because Allen can be unlike any guy that all any other group that we just talked about. There's none of that group that we talked about that can go and get to the lane and do the things he can. No, because he's six six. He can, you know, he can take the ball to he can take the ball to the rim <laughs> when when he's on. You know, he's he's a three point shooter who's quick. I mean, he's quicker than the guys that are going to be guarding him. Here's the thing: Can he add the next ingredient? Because if he adds the next ingredient, then this team becomes really really good. The next ingredient is is can he can he take that part of Marquise Daniels' the game? Where he gets to the lane and instead of trying to finish against three guys, kicks it to the guy open in the corner. That that that's that's the issue right now. Still with the team is there's still too much of. Well, I got in here now. What do I do with it? Mm-hmm. The end of the Arkansas game, we saw KD get in there and and dish it and make some, and it was it opened up so many things for this team. If you can get to that point with those guys that are getting to the lane instead of going, look, I got to finish it. And there was a stretch last night where. There was about four or five possessions in a row where it was a wild shot, wild shot, wild shot. I'm like, get back to, to, to playing that, whereas I can get to the lane, penetrate, and maybe I don't try to finish against two guys that are 6'9". Maybe I go, okay, well, you just left that guy. How about I dump it here for a dunk or something? You know, If they can get to that point, they've taken step number one, which is start to get into that flow offensively. When we next up, the next part of it comes, all of a sudden it changes the mindset of, of a team and – the mindset of me thinking about the possibility of this team. Yeah, I mean, and Broom as well. I mean, we talked about it yesterday. Uh, he's, I mean, he's Mr. Consistency now. Four straight double doubles. What do you have? Uh, Twenty-one and or, or nineteen and eleven or something like that last night. Another. Uh, I mean, really good night. You can see him. He's getting more confident. Earlier in the season, I'm sure part of it was because of injury. It was. But I mean, now he's making shots that he had. Uh, earlier, and he's confident he's going to make them. He's going up, uh, and you're seeing his strength, and uh, and he's got a nice touch around the around the rim. And, and and here's the thing: he's not a guy that's going to. He's not Shaq. Mm-mm. He's not going to turn and drop step and dunk on folks, but he's got a little bit more lift, and and just that little bit of extra lift is the difference between scoring and not making those plays. And he's now been able to finish those plays because because he's healthier again, and uh, it's it's been a big deal for him. Um, you know, consistency of Jalen is still is still an issue, but he gives you those those stretches where he's a guy that can, I mean, he can take over a game offensively at times for this team. So you have that mixed mixed in. You know, Chris Moore is an important part of this team. What does that look like for them if you have him for if you're maybe without him for an extended stretch? What is it? What is he? What do you do to the rotation? How does that look? So I mean, that's going to be a question mark. I mean, last night I feel like they probably played Allen more than they would like to ideally. At the same time, he was playing so well that yeah. you didn't necessarily want to pull him off the court. Well, you also had Chris go down though. That's yeah. what I mean. I think yeah, in, so, in part because of that. Yeah. So now, so now, you know, if if you're without him, does it does it open the door for a chance Westry to to get a few minutes at the mm-hmm. three and start? At, to, well, at least for a while. Yeah, yeah, I think it does, and and maybe that's a chance for him to build <laughs> a little confidence, and then you add another piece to the table if that happens because he's a different kind of guy. Could, mm-hmm. could they also look at uh, Chris Moore's absence as a chance for Yohan Traor to see more minutes, depending on how you want to how you want to move? guys around Jalen Williams being able to play both he can the play three the three the yeah you can get big you can do that against it, some of these because I thought it was early in the game last night where inserting Johan provided a little bit of a spark 
offensively. Yeah, was. he only scored a couple of points, but I think he was uh, he was plus eight or nine while he was in, and it stopped it stopped an old Miss run. Yeah. When, when he when he went in and started scoring, so uh, that that's a that's a young player that we might. You know, might need to keep an eye on as far as how they use his minutes too. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety just getting underway here on the Wednesday drive. Bill, Dan, Jason Caldwell, and I tell you what, let's go. We'll go ahead and get a call before we get to our first break. And Shane is up first. Hey, Shane. Hey guys, how are y'all today? Doing fine. Hey, I had a quick question. Um, what? What happened to Stretch Agonbola? Or is that I think that's how you say it? Yeah, his name. no, he's he's still on the team. Yeah, he he's he's still here. Just you know, I think just get buried in the depth. Yeah, or? develop development. I mean, you know, he was a guy that was kind of yeah. learning learning the game and coming on. And you know, that stretch where he returned home, and it took so long to get him back here when he initially got to school. I think that really impacted him because you know he he had issues you know at the end of his high school career and some of that too. So that and then that they. Here's to be to be quite honest. They've recruited over him, and, mm-hmm. and that's that's the goal of any coach right now. I tell you what, it was it was uh, nice seeing Dylan look healthy last night too. Yeah, and so that, that's that, you know they they've had this a couple of big guys in front of him kind of during this entire stretch has been kind of the, really the biggest thing. Okay, um, and my last question, and I'll let y'all go to break. Um, is there any news about if if um, we might get? Uh, a word from Spencer, not Spencer, um, the, the the quarterback from from Oklahoma State uh, and their receiver. If that's a, if that might be a package deal, or or if if do, do they have a deadline? Because don't we? They, they have to be enrolled for us like by next week. Yeah, yeah it's I a week. That was, a week from week today from today is, would would be the last day for for them, and and they need to be accepted and everything before then. Uh, Jason, if it's a package deal, it's it's not a package headed to Auburn. Well, yeah, I mean it doesn't it think. doesn't appear so anyway. Spencer Sanders did not visit, right? Um, but it doesn't rule out the possibility that you could still get him. I and mean, you can Zoom call. You can you could. There's a lot of ways to see a campus, especially especially for a one year guy. For a one year guy, you're not really as concerned about a lot of things as other than the football side of things. The question's going to be much like a lot of other questions is is, is the academic side of things. Can, can can you get in, graduate, and be able to go, get rolling? How much do you lose depending on what your major is? Those are real issues. And you've seen guys across the country. You know, obviously, Grayson McCall was one. You've seen other guys. It, it probably, it's going to impact where guys are able to transfer or if they're able to transfer at all. And so, uh, Can I ask one, one last thing? Yeah. Sure. And, uh, um, does, um, does Hugh Freeze's record, his, do you think he's confident in the fact that he can develop what the quarterbacks that we have, and he's not really too worried. Do you think that's that's um, you know that could be playing uh, a part into it? Because we, you know, our quarterbacks are, are we have decent quarterbacks. They they need to be developed by someone that knows what they're doing, and I think that's what, what we have now. I so would be that, surprised. Be I, I would be surprised if Plan A was to go into the season with Robbie and Holden as the top options. In the, in the on the depth chart at quarterback this year, just because. But now that it, we're on to plan B, maybe. Yeah, well, all right. I, I'll say something, then we'll let Jason go. And appreciate the call, Shane. I I think yes, Hugh Freeze does have confidence in his ability to develop quarterbacks, but I think he would also like uh, more experience to come in and compete with the guys that he has. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I think if it, it's the right, I think if the right person, right, I don't think they want to just take a body. Correct, because I, here's what I, I'm telling you: they're confident and they really like 
their signee that was committed to Liberty. They Hank feel, Brown. Yes, they mm-hmm. feel like that guy was way overlooked by most much of the country, and they feel like that that's the guy that's going to be really good. Now, in the spring, you still got T.J. Finley here, and you, so you got some experience there. you got Holden Garner. Obviously, Robbie Ashford, I'll tell you this, I think Hugh Freeze looks at Robbie Ashford going, I can make a big impact on that guy. And I, I'm going to tell you, I think that I think Montgomery, Philip Montgomery says the same thing going, look, we've won with guys like that because we were able to improve them in the finer points of, of throwing the football system is going to help that. Here's the thing about it. Robbie Ashford was playing in a system where they're looking for a, a, a pocket passer. Now you're going to get into a system where you're, you're going to design a system around a guy that can move a little bit more, especially, I mean, look, they've done it. They've done it at Baylor. They've done it at Ole Miss. They've done it at Liberty. They've done it at Tulsa. Um, when, when you know that's your guy, it's because you think about, think about what that offense was built for the last few years. Robbie Asher was not a guy they ever expected to be the starting quarterback last year, in my opinion. No, I, I agree with it you. It was built for two guys that were going to stand in the pocket, and now you have a chance to, to add to what he can do. And, yeah, you got to get improved fundamentally, uh, but, I, but he's only had one year, less than one full year to play. Good stuff, Shane. We need to get to our first break of the afternoon. Stick with us. We're just underway here on the Wednesday Drive. Now, more of The Drive. The Drive. With Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive here on this Wednesday afternoon. Bill, Dan, Jason Caldwell from AUTigers.com. Got Drew at the controls. Let's get back to the Kia of Auburn hotline, and Hootie is up next. Hey, Hootie. Hey, what y'all doing? Uh, I don't know. Trying to do a show. Love hearing Trying from you, Hootie. <laughs> hey, I want to ask you a question. Who's the most famous former athlete of Auburn? Who's, who do you think is the most famous one? Ooh, well, that, that, uh, that's a good one. It, it, to me, it depends on the age. Yeah. I think I think right now I think Charles Barkley. I think so because you see him much more on TV. When when people my age were in their thirties, it was Bo Jackson, right? And even mm-hmm. and Cam Newton might resonate with younger people when, because he was correct. an NFL MVP. Yeah, yes, he would be. And, the people in the twenties would be Cam probably. And then Frank Thomas is a Hall of Fame baseball player that you see yeah. uh, selling uh, uh, that, uh, that, that yeah. The, eugenics. Yeah on, yeah, on TV every commercial break. I, I would say Barkley right now because of. Because of the NBA, the, the TNT, all those things. Yeah, he's he's so terrible. He's so terrible. Yeah, terrible, Tur- terrible, terrible, terrible. terrible. Tur- I, I can't get the word out. Use Use a you with it. Yeah, yeah. I got a question. Florida State. All right. Okay. What's um, the question? Is that the uh, question? Yes. No. Yes, it is. How come they ain't named that? Put Bowder's name on anything down there. Isn't it Bobby Bowden Field? I'm pretty sure it's. I'm pretty sure the field is named after. But they haven't. They have not changed. Dope, they, have, they have not changed it to Dope Campbell. But I'm pretty sure. I recall it being named Bobby Bowden Field. And I, then, think, and then, you, I and, think you're right. Dan. And then Ron Zook beat him the night that it was dedicated. Let's see. Bobby, Bobby Bowden Field at yeah. Dope Campbell Stadium. Yeah, so yeah. it's just like Pat Dyfield. Yeah. So they've done the same thing. Okie dokie. <laughs> no, but they. But you're. I mean, you're right. If they, if ever they were going to change the name of the of the stadium at that place, you would think Bobby Bowden would yep. be a solid candidate to. Uh, 
uh, to to receive it. But no, I'm I'm, I'm sure the uh, the field is named after him. Appreciate it, Hootie. Good stuff. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. All right, we uh, got a little bit into uh, football there at the end, Jason. What a what a crazy uh, last few days, and especially weekend it was. Yeah, um, it, it it's a different time. It really is. Um, the last seven days, basically, once that that window's opened back up, the last seven days have been a whirlwind. It really has. And like I said, it, it that's it, right. It was a week ago today. It was a week ago today. The transfers could could could, could be back on campus, campus for a sh- that short window just through Sunday, right? And Auburn made the most of it. Um, they did a great job. They really did. Um, and added some really key pieces for this team when you start talking about it, especially when you look on the line of scrimmage, mm-hmm. just just what they've done on the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, and, and Christian Clemente mentioned it. We talked about it ad nauseum, but Auburn had signed 16 offensive linemen since 2007. That includes junior college transfers, all those, all those things. 16 guys. They've got eight right now. They've got eight, and I think seven of those guys are going to be on campus in the spring. And so you start talking about having – a rebuilt group right, right. away. Um, they're going to be able to do that. And, and I mean, the latest of those came yesterday with Avery Jones. And that that one shows you what what the portal can be right now and how quickly things can change because basically got a phone call over the weekend. He's been said, committed to Illinois for a month. Hey, I mean, I talked to him yesterday. He's like, I've been packing. I was packing up my apartment to at East Carolina to get ready to go to Illinois. Got a phone call from an Oxford, Mississippi phone number. And yeah, so I answered, and and it was Jake Thornton. He goes, "Hey, you'd be interested in Auburn?" Boom, just that quickly. Yes, talked to Hugh Freeze, makes a visit, stays here for a few hours. That was a quick visit too. Yes. When he came in like Sunday came, came afternoon, Sunday. left Sunday evening. Yes, and and he said basically <laughs> sitting in a hotel room. Uh, that's where I want to go. I mean, talk to his family, and and that was it. And he so he's gone from moving to Champaign, Illinois, to going. Ah, I'm going to Auburn for for three. For for Auburn to pick up three veteran offensive linemen in the portal that seemingly were pursued by a lot of high level programs as potential starters, right? You look at Dylan Wade and Gunnar Britton, and now you add uh, Avery to the mix. I mean, does it? I mean, it's, it seems like Auburn went out and and remade their offensive line this off season with with three guys that are coming in. You can at least pencil them in at the moment as uh, as projected starters for next season. Well, here's what you do. You, you know right away that you've you have improved your room. Not only improved it. As as we sat here 6 weeks ago, we were talking about unless this happens, there's there's not a chance for the Auburn team to be really competitive. That's where it was. Mm-hmm. Expectations for the 2023 season. For the 2023 season were as low as they'd been in generations for a year. Correct. Because I'm like, look, the the roster as it stands today, they only had one tackle on the roster, period, Colby Smith, and he hadn't played. Now you're giving yourself some vet, veterans and competition. Okay, these are guys that will compete. So you got some younger guys that will have a chance. Well, you also got you got a Xavion Miller got a coming college, in as well. you got a junior college edition. you got some high school guys that are here. Um, you've given yourself a chance, and, and that's the thing you had to do. And, and, and you look at it on the defensive side of the ball, too. Uh, you know, especially a guy like Masai Kite, a, a guy from Maryland who's originally is from Is it Kite good? I, I think it's Kite. I, I think it I is. Had, I had no idea. Um, but I, I look at him and going, you, you start talking about versatility, things you can do on that side of the ball on defense. And you look at, at 
you know, you know, people talking about oh, worried about what what happened the other night because because Baylor runs, you know, I mean, uh, rent not Baylor, but TCU runs a three three five defense. Well, the difference is if you don't have three guys down line on the front that can can play, and that was that was a talent game. Monday night. That was maybe. You think TCU one. would have been better off switching formations? You think that? No, would, I don't it think it would have mattered. It doesn't matter. That's you think the that whole, was the problem. That's the whole point. Yes, that's what I try to tell people. Like they could play whatever they wanted to. They could run matter. a nine-two, and they still would. I don't think um, they got the. But, Kirby but, Smart said it after the Oregon game: better players. That's, that's it. That's the that's the key. And it was the key, but that's the thing. So you start talking about giving you a Marcus Harris, Colby Wooden type of guy on the defensive line, where Auburn's going to play now. Really, more three bigger guys up front, but but it gives you a, a guy at two hundred ninety pounds, two hundred ninety five pounds that can play, you know, a three technique tackle, but also can rust the passer, but can can set the edge too. So they help themselves tremendously on both lines of scrimmage, and that's what they had to have. Now there's still a few holes they'd like to fill. Mm-hmm. Um, pass I, I like I like the addition at linebacker. Demario Tolman may be as important as anybody they added in this thing, and maybe it doesn't show up as much day one. But this is a guy that has three years to play right. and is a extremely talented athlete and a guy that probably right now is 215 to 220, I think probably plays at 225 to 230. Um, but in this defense, I think about athletic linebackers that can get downhill because they want to be aggressive, and, and that's what he is, and I think that's what he brings to the table. We need to get to our bottom of the hour break. Love for you to join in. Jason with us for another segment here on the Wednesday Drive. Let's get back to The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive, 25 minutes away from uh, 5 o'clock here on this Wednesday afternoon. Bill, Dan, Jason Caldwell with us for another segment. Uh, as, as we were saying, I mean, it, it has been a, a, a crazy time. But, Jason, this weekend, high school and junior college prospects can start visiting again. And it is one sort of, like, final opportunity for some transfers to uh, to come in as well, because everybody can start visiting once again Friday. Yeah, so it's uh, it's it's it starts up again. You can have some you know juniors on campus. Those mm-hmm. those kids can start visiting as well. So, you know, it's uh, it's really like I said, it's a different time. It's a mixed bag, um, and you know the coaches have had a couple of days a uh, couple of days off to uh, to kind of regroup here because this is the dead period during the coaching convention, right? So now I want to say a couple of days off because I went in there yesterday and they were all in there. And what's here's the thing I want people to realize too. Uh, I, I stopped in and said hey to Jake Thornton for a second, Auburn's new offensive line coach, and he's watching film. And I'm like, this is probably the first day. He goes, Yeah, really, it is. Right? Like they haven't had a chance and to even start. Not worrying about evaluating. They're just trying to yeah. to, to acquire talent. They haven't had a chance to even start thinking about football and spring practice and mm-hmm. how. And so now. Now these kids are are back in school. They can come in and start to go. Okay, he, hey, here's what we did. For instance, at Ole Miss, this is what what we want to do in this type of play. This is what I'm looking for out of this position. Showing it to say, for instance, to Jeremiah Wright, going, Hey, here's what I want to. This is what I want mm-hmm. out of this position in this certain look. 
they haven't had a chance to do any of those things. I mean, it's been straight up recruiting, portal, on the phone, visits. They have not, done nothing else. And so now they get a chance to – I mean, they're still recruiting and still doing those things. But to actually start talking a little football, and I know that's that's going to be pretty fun. Yeah, I mean, just um, just getting a staff together, which uh, which which I, I'm pretty pleased. We talked about it a little bit um, last time, but I mean, I like the 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 combination, the the makeup of the staff. I do too. Um, the the veteran presence, obviously, from the coordinators, um, I think is 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 fun to see, and then. You got youthful energy, excitement, but really good football coaches. Um, I mentioned Jake Thornton. I think it's the guy that's, that's very well respected. Marcus Davis, I, I talked to, to you know Dave Bartu, who analytics, and he's mm-hmm. like, he's like, I'm just telling you, anybody in the country would ask me, okay, give me the top up and coming wide receiver coach. He'd be one of the first guys. He said it ain't because he's at Auburn. It's because he's really good. And so that was pretty interesting to hear from, to a guy from Oregon. What Georgia Southern's been able to do, as far as pivoting from a run-oriented option attack to one of the better passing games in the group of five. I mean, you can give credit to a lot of different people for what they've done, but Marcus Davis is on that list and probably near the top of that list considering some of the guys he's brought in. You start to think about how you make that move. And wide receiver coach and quarterback coach, those positions have to to change things in a hurry. O-line, yeah, it's, it's a change. But but you can you can make that movement running back those things, but if the the wide receiver and quarterback have to have to change so dramatically in making those moves that it's hard to think about. It's easier to do it that way than it is the other way. And Helton is largely involved in. The, I mean, he's he's involved in the quarterbacks a lot himself, regardless of who nominally nominally is the quarterbacks coach on that team, especially at a school like that the, where you don't have as many resources. That receivers coach is you know there's a, there's a lot of lot of pressure on that guy to uh, to bring in folks who can perform, and Marcus Davis did that at Georgia Southern. Yeah, yeah, no, so I, I like the the makeup of this staff, uh, you know, and. and like I said, everybody. I think you know Jeremy Garrett's been a guy that I think has been really impressive so far. You listen to to these guys talk about right. him and his all connection. The recruit, all the recruits have mentioned him. I mean, he's he's been one of the first well, names. And here's the thing about him: you think about you know people's like, oh, you know, came from Liberty. That guy's also got NFL experience, but he grew up in Mississippi, played in this league. He knows the South. He knows what Auburn's all about. There's some some really good connections I think through this staff that people don't realize as much of, and so. Um, I think when you start thinking about all the all the pieces in place and the support people that are still here, when you think about you know the, you know like you know the Joe Bernardi and Kendall Simmons on that offensive line, that's a very valuable resource for a guy like Jay Thornton coming in that can help out Trevon Reed and, and so yeah now especially now that you don't have to worry about is there any concern about who's really coaching things like that correct they can all be out there and practice working with the guys yeah and so yeah so I think it's uh, I think it's uh, the, the makeup of the staff, to me, is it works well, and now they get a chance to start actually doing a little football stuff here. So. All right, you, you mentioned Marcus Davis and guys he's brought in, and, and he brings in a, a player who uh, played for him a couple of years ago when he was out at Hawaii. Talk a little bit about uh, Nick Mardner. Yeah, Nick Mardner, Auburn doesn't have a guy like this. Of course, not many other people do either. Um, he's a six six wide receiver, but he's not a six six like a big-bodied, Guy that's uh, we'll just throw it up to him in the end zone. Some yeah, that a couple of people yesterday were were going. Well, he's just a tight end. No, no, this is not that guy. This is a guy that stretched the field, can run, athletic, six six. Um, you know, I talked to Marcus. Marcus like, hey, he can fly. Like he can really run. Man, and he, he's he's he is he's he been all over 
this part of the world. Had he started yeah, from yeah. Canada, Canada, Hawaii, Cincinnati, Auburn. Yeah, he's he's <laughs> he has made some moves, but um, no, I, I think you look at him and, and Auburn. Just I mean, like I said, doesn't have anybody like this. When you look at him, he looks like an Arkansas guard, like not football guard. He looks like an Arkansas basketball oh, okay. guard. That's gotcha. that's what he looks like. You look at him and go. Yeah, I can see that guy playing basketball at Arkansas. I mean, six six, one ninety, long, but athletic, can run, um, can make plays with the ball in his air. But like, but but you look at him and you go, that gives you a different dimension. And I mean, thinking about it, I mean, who is the guy that stretches the field right now for this Auburn wide receiver group? I mean, Javaris Johnson is probably the only. He's still the yeah. only guy, really. He's definitely I mean, the, the most proven of the guys. Yeah. There are players who had that reputation coming in, right? We heard about Malcolm Johnson's speed, and we heard about some of the, you know, maybe some of Chick the first Dawson. year players, Chick Dawson. Yeah. When we haven't seen it yet, had, no. hasn't been on display as a big play threat. Yeah, no. Var is the only one of those. Uh, he's a I guy mean, that I, can deliver that. I think. I think a lot of the young guys, yes, have the have ability. that ability, but we haven't had a chance to see. And, it. and here's here's what else. Too. And, I, and I told Mark Davis, I really believe this. Uh, I think this is a wide receiver group that is much better than people give it credit for. Now, system that you played in, um, you know, obviously last year, quarterback for, getting them the ball. I would say for much of the year, but I think I think the system combination with quarterback, the struggles there, offensive line protection at times. I think it's hurt their development, and now you get to go in a system where day one you're coming in and going, look, we want to improve throwing the football. Okay, well, that, that helps you not just a quarterback, but it helps you wide receiver. The more you do those things, the better you get at them because, I mean, you think about Mississippi State. Mississippi State, they weren't a team that threw the ball before Mike Leach. I mean, they threw it some, but not a ton. It was all revolved around running athletic quarterbacks. Well, those guys got much better in a hurry when they actually started throwing the ball. I think Auburn's going to get better, and and uh, so I think there's some potential guys. I really liked what Amari Kelly did at the end of the year last year. I thought he's a guy that showed some some potential. Obviously, you look at at you know the other guys coming Cam, in. Camden Brown throughout Camden, the season. Camden right? Brown can can big notice. physical receiver. Um, Jay Fair did a couple. You got some young guys. Mm-hmm. Coy Moore coming back. I mean. What is Landon King? I, I think he's going to go back to being a tight end. Yeah, I sort of think so, but I mean, we'll but see. We'll see. But Rivaldo Fairweather is going to be a threat for this team at that that hybrid tight end spot, in my opinion. I think he's a guy that's going to make some plays. So there's different ways to use weapons in a passing game, but when you bring in six six true wide receiver, that that helps. And then yeah, on the other kid. end, other end of six six would be Brian Batie, right? I mean, you yeah, look five at, six, it, yeah, and only a foot difference. Yeah, now, that one, that one was like wow. I mean, that was that was a quick one it, too. It was quick. Um, and I talked to some people that that um, that were on the USF staff, and they said, "Look, this guy has great vision, can really run." Said he's he's not. You're saying, well, he's a Sean Shivers. No, completely different type of back than Sean Shivers. Sean, Sean was similar. speed, but it wasn't much shape. Yeah, well, he was power. He yeah. was a power back yeah. in a 5'8", 185-pound body. This is more traditional guy that's going to make you miss. I mean, you look, you had three kick returns for touchdowns a couple of years ago, yeah. ran for 1,000 yards Two, two in, one game. in one game. If you can remember some of the running backs Urban Meyer had at Florida. Right. Will Demps, Chris Rainey. It, it, yeah, I don't know that he. Brandon he ha- James. I don't know that he has the straight line speed of those guys. Well, very few people on the correct, planet. Correct. Will Demps, I mean, it's Will Demps was, yeah, but yes, yeah, similar type guys. Where and I, you think back to 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 how you wanted this kind of offense to look, and there's some spread look at times, motion at times. I could see him being a guy that's used in some of that. Mm-hmm. We always go back to the Ontario McCaleb role, but 
I think a guy that could use, could do some of those things. Did Freeze get Dexter McCluster? Or am I getting my Ole Miss coaches mixed up? Was that a Houston nut? Guy? I think it was nut. Okay, I think it so was before. So but nut- yeah, but but again, another type of guy where you start going. Here's the thing about him. I think he can catch the ball pretty well. Obviously, he's a he's a kick returner, so he's got to have pretty good hand eye coordination. Using a guy like that in the passing game, getting him one on one in the perimeter, could be a big part of this as well. Jason, uh, while we've got a minute or two, we we opened up. You talked about being over at baseball today. I, I saw now today was a crazy day, but did I did I see correctly that the NCAA has finally come to their senses about volunteer baseball coaches? Well, yeah, and here's the question that it still remains. It's why it's partially why I went over there. I wanted to find out what exactly it meant because now they're going because to say, I saw something about recruiting. Yes, they can, yeah. they, they, that guy's going to be able to go on the road and and do some recruiting things. But will they then take away the op side of things? They don't know again how it's going to impact the entire staff because you know this is not because when I initially saw it and went, hey, they finally got smart. Yeah, that, that's all I saw was just a quick system. blip. Well, that's not what it, it's still not what that is. Great. Um, but the Big Twelve basically has nixed the idea of having a third full time assistant in baseball and, and, and those other sports, and it doesn't why like, just because of their their monetary don't, situation. Don't Texas, and o- Texas and Oklahoma are leaving. Don't know yeah, why. Maybe. Um, but but this is going to be and here's the thing there's there's schools and Auburn's one of them that's already paid what it'll do is allow them to be a a university employee mm-hmm. where they'll get the benefits right. all those things involved most of the schools have already been paying these guys Auburn has been paying this position for a while but now you can actually pay them and they'll be part of the budget those kind of things but how it impacts the rest of the staff will it count as your ops guy will will he have to do the travel in addition to me that's one thing they right. don't really understand yet. Oh, okay. Well, I, I saw that and thought, man, it's, a, it's, it's something a, we've been looking step. for for a long it's time. It's a step, but I don't think it quite means what I thought it did, especially when I first saw it. What is the uh, what's the schedule baseball wise? Twenty seventh is the first day of practice. So they only have three weeks. They have three full weeks, and then the next week they'll start games. Wow. So they have less than a month of team practices, which is it's crazy to think about a sport that's that that important uh, to where you're getting your arms in shape, all those things. They can throw and they can do bullpens, mm-hmm. but they can't. I mean, they can't even start kind of the team drills until the till here January twenty seventh. So they got what sixteen more days, yeah. and then they'll have less so than start, four, yeah two weeks on Friday. Okay, and you'll have three weeks, and then the next week you're you'll gonna have play a start on a Friday. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Noel, Noel Devine was right in that Brian Batiste size mode. Yeah, there you so go. I, think, I mean, that, that's yeah, that's that, that's a good one. That's that, the holy grail for your you that, know, Florida that, running back for the for the young guys for the young guys and and people that are that are say below the age of 35 and you see these highlight tapes and you're going that's the greatest the goat highlight tape of all time research noel divine on youtube somebody probably has an old grainy version you want to see the best high school highlight tape in history noel divine's it that's it that was the guy that you went oh man you got to watch these highlights because it was unbelievable he had a great career at west virginia but that was yeah that's the yeah hey if you get anything close to noel divine then auburn just got the pickup of the century no kidding. Jason, great stuff, as always. Really appreciate you uh, you being in. Let everybody know. I mean, as we said, there's so many different things going on right now, and you guys have got it all covered there at uh, 
uh, yeah, uh, at AUTigers.com. Correct. You can, uh, you can check us out at AUTigers.com, AuburnUndercover.com. And, yeah, i got lots of things going on. Uh, basketball, obviously, football, um, football recruiting, um, roster, football roster, baseball getting started. So got a lot to check out there. And you can also follow me on Twitter at ITATJason. Jason Caldwell with us, uh, as he is on Wednesdays. Uh, stay tuned. It may uh, may be a surprise coming uh, coming shortly. Coming on on a on a Wednesday to you here on the drive. We'll get to our final break of hour number one. Come on in and join us. You're live on the drive. The drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email us at the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. Final few minutes of hour number one. Bill and Dan, our thanks to Jason Caldwell. Always great stuff from J.C. as uh, uh, he talked about a lot of the the new additions to Auburn football. We uh, looked back at last night. We can talk a good bit more about basketball from last night. Big win for Auburn over uh, Ole Miss last night in Oxford, a place where it's been a struggle for Auburn. And we talked about it, um, that Kermit Davis has has really been a thorn uh, for, for Bruce Pearl. They're now 5-5 five and five going head-to-head. But uh, Auburn last night really played well in the second half especially. Really encouraging to see back-to-back, I think this may be three, you'd say back-to-back-to-back good games by Alan Flanagan, back-to-back good games by um, Wendell Green Jr., and a fourth straight double-double for Janai Broom. Right, and Wendell... You know, seeing the way he was struggling against Georgia in Athens, and and you were, you weren't sure how much of it was physical, you know, from the from the ankle, and how much of it was uh, frustration boiling over. But you know, you hated to see it, and and it was uh, it was detrimental to the to the team on the floor. I mean, Wendell Green was ineffective in the in the Georgia game. We two of twelve, mm-hmm. oh of six from three. I, I don't think the shot selection uh, was where it needed to be. Well, he uh, only had Robert five in the first half. I was concerned because. Uh, the first half, a, a little bit of a struggle, uh, but but I thought he really stepped it up. What do you have? Sixteen in the second half goes l- perfect, eleven of eleven at the free throw. And line. he was and he was passing the ball extremely yes, well was. in the first half. He was finding his teammates. It wasn't uh, f- five points with uh, with with a lot of missed shots is different than five points with uh, with a lot of assists and and a uh, and, and I thought yeah, uh, Wendell's played extremely well uh, two games in a row, and uh, Alan Flanagan is starting to find that form. And there's always I mean, we, we've talked about it. The belief that Alan Flanagan can find the pre-injury form and deliver before his college career is over a more consistent and more effective version of the player, uh, you know, the, than what he's been the last couple of years since that uh, Achilles injury. And you know, I think when you see a pair of games like the ones Alan Alan has, has just played, uh, there is that hope that this is a guy who, you know, before he had that run-in with the scooter. He was considered a first-round draft pick by some. Yeah, so for th- sure. Th- this is a. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think that's a really positive development to see Alan Flanagan find his form. And with the with the teams left on Auburn's schedule, uh, it's uh, it's it's at the perfect time. Yeah, Jason talked about it. I mean, Alan Flanagan gives you something that is a tough is going to be a tough matchup for anybody. A six-six guy who is as athletic. He's really showing. You're seeing the athleticism. Things look like they're. Uh, becoming just 
easier for him. He's you know he's he's able to glide and explode. I mean, um, he really had some good plays. I know that a lot of a lot of folks have been down on Allen for a while, but man, it's it's great to see him returning to that form that we saw before the injury. Absolutely, and so with Auburn uh, hosting Mississippi State, one of the top five or six teams. I think they're. I think let, let's check the net rankings. Where do you think State is in the SEC in um, men's basketball net rankings right now? Probably, probably five. I would think. I think they're behind Auburn. Yeah, I would is, think. I would think they're not far behind, but I would think they're pretty close, but behind. All right, we're gonna we're gonna get a uh, we're gonna get a ruling on that. Uh, shortly, uh, any anything in the? Uh, do you have the the schedule for tonight uh, nearby? Have you seen any of those games? Alabama at Arkansas Ooh. is the interesting game tonight. Arkansas a slight favorite. That's right tonight. Uh, okay, so l- looking at the SEC right now in net rankings, Tennessee's two, uh, Alabama's six, Arkansas's sixteen, Auburn up to twenty nine after last night from thirty three, Missouri is uh, down yeah. to thirty three. Auburn jumped Missouri, Mississippi State. Stays at forty three, so they're sixth with okay. a, uh, and, they, and they've got a game tonight, right? Yeah, I, I don't have the schedule in front of me, but yes, they do. They play Georgia in Athens, and that game starts in about a half hour. Well, we'll take a look at that. Uh, should be should be an interesting evening. It's good when you get that win on Tuesday, and then you can just watch everybody else play on Wednesday. All right, we will uh, step aside for our top of the hour break. Halfway done. Here on the Wednesday Drive, come on in and join us for hour number two. ESPN 1067, WGZZ HD3 Waverly, and W294AR Auburn Opelika. This is SportsCenter. I'm Kevin Winter. There are a few question marks surrounding starting quarterbacks heading into this weekend's wild card games from the National Football League. We have one answer. We're waiting on another. Dolphins head coach Mike McDaniel today ruling out to a tongue of Iloa for Sunday's wild card game against the Bills. After he said doctors still have not cleared to him, and he's not at a concussion protocol. Miami is preparing to go with Skylar Thompson to start. Well, that's lovely. And because of this, the point spread at Caesars has gone from 9 to now 13. The Bills are 13-point favorites. Meanwhile, what about Lamar Jackson? Will he play? He's missed five straight games with a knee injury. Didn't practice yet again today. Head coach John Harbaugh was asked if he's comfortable with Lamar playing limited or no practice reps at all. As long as he's safe and healthy and can play, it's for any player. It's not really just any particular player. I mean, any player goes out there, and if he's healthy and safe and it's not going to do any damage to an injury, any player, you know, plays and does what he can to the level that he can in that situation. Ravens and the Bengals, Sunday Night Football. Bill safety, DeMar Hamlin, released from a Buffalo hospital today, nine days after he almost died on the field in Cincinnati with cardiac arrest. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. At Progressive, they're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. 
The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome into hour number two of the Wednesday Drive. Hope everybody doing well. Another nice day. I mean, it really was a gorgeous day. Enjoy it. It's going to change. It's going to change a lot here over the next couple of days. Tomorrow, rain. Friday, cold. I asked, I asked Alexa what the weather was going to be for Friday. What do you got? She said a high of 46 and a low of 20-something. Our friends friends at Apple. High in the 40s after temperatures around 70 today and tomorrow. Our friends at Apple say high of 50, low of 34 on Friday. Well, she's she's thinking in the lower areas it's going to be. How about this? Maybe at my house it's going to be 46 and 29. That low drops to 31 on Saturday. Great. And that low drops to 29 on Sunday. That's why I will be be on on the big boat. so may, maybe maybe Hopefully. frost Saturday Hopefully night. I will. Maybe maybe some maybe yeah. freezing oh, temperatures yeah. Saturday night. So bundle up everybody. It's great to have everybody back. This will be a busy weekend in Auburn. First weekend with all the students back in town. Yes, and, it will. Another and a, home, and a home game. Home home Saturday night game. Auburn's Auburn's against Mississippi State. One of Auburn's last home Saturday night games of the year for a while. Yes. No, they don't. They don't host on Saturday again after this coming Saturday until. Alabama comes to town. I think that's the, I think that's the eleventh of of February, and that's a one p.m. game. So I don't know how many more, I don't know how many more Saturday night home games Auburn has uh, this season. As a matter of fact, Bill, and the answer might be, man, the answer might be zero. Is that right? The answer might be this might. I mean, there's a three o'clock. Oh, that's that's that, that doesn't seem right. Seems like you ought to get a couple. There's uh, a there's usually app- usually it would rotate. You'd play. Uh, you know, weekends. Back in the day, it used to be looked at very importantly during football recruiting. Leading up to February 1st, you'd like uh, cup, at least two of the four weekends to be at home. But you would expect about half your half your weekends to have home games. I agree with you with the fairness point. But I think that because Alabama and Tennessee represent such big games when they come to Auburn now, the networks would rather have them at one o'clock or three o'clock on Saturdays. You know, that, that we've talked about with football right. season where those are, I think that, uh, you know, that, that one o'clock Auburn, Alabama, I mean, so, sometimes ESPN positions that as, as one of the bigger but you, games I mean, but, but, of the year. As a fan or as, as someone going to the game, you'd rather play that game at seven o'clock at night. Oh, no, no. I, I don't, I don't care that much. I just want to make sure they're on the weekend. Oh yeah, I, no, I want those big saying. ball games oh, on the weekend. I sure. don't, I don't want all the big ball. You don't want to be playing one of those huge games on the opponent's court on the weekend and hosting them during the so week. That's, con- my, that's my thing. No, I'm not as concerned about the time. About I the just time assume. No, I just assume. I like the midday big time right. weekend games. Auburn has Alabama and Tennessee on Saturday. Okay, I thought you were year. saying they didn't have any more Saturday no, home no, games. No, Auburn's got some Saturday oh, home that's games, fine. but but then they don't I'm, then I'm not upset. Yeah, this, this is the last I'll back, I'll back away from what I said. This is the last one in the evening. Okay, they'll, they'll be playing that's at one, okay. 1 o'clock. Hey, I'm old. O'clock. I don't yeah. want Brian, let's get Brian said on Monday, I mean, uh or yeah, you know, but I th- 
I think Auburn just has it is just two more though. I think Auburn just has Alabama and Tennessee on Saturdays the rest of the year. Well, you only you, are, you end up you you should have nine weeks. So you're only going to have four or five weekends that you'd have. And Auburn's had a couple of Saturday yeah. home games already yeah. with, with, uh, with with Arkansas. Yeah, so that's, that, that, yeah. that's that's fair. So that is. That's okay. But I'm, enjoy it if you can go this weekend with with Mississippi State. You know, Good luck be, finding a ticket. Yeah, good good luck. And uh, my, uh, my my younger sister has been able to go to the last couple of, uh, of, of home games. She's been in the in, in the group as, a, as as one of the students. And she's, oh, you she's get re- there. You she's get really there enjoying early, it. You get a chance. But I, I pressured her into it during the holidays because she hadn't been to a game as a student yet, a, a home oh, game. Oh, wow. And I said, well, like, you got to... You know, you got to check. You got to check that one off the list. Used to be a lot easier, not to get into the back in my day situations, Bill. But it, you know, it used to be if you were an Auburn student, you wanted to go to the home basketball game. All you had to do was uh, uh was was show up five minutes before tip, and you could probably sit uh, right right behind right behind the uh, right behind the band or something, or right behind the uh, the, the goalpost. But not anymore. It is uh, yeah, it's it's a hot ticket, and yeah, I would uh, I would expect a uh a, a thrilling atmosphere this Saturday night when Auburn hosts Mississippi State at Neville Arena. Hour number two of The Drive is uh, brought to you by the uh, good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care with locations in Auburn and Opelika. On the web at orthoclinic.com. And we'd, we'd love to hear from you. Give us a call on the Kia of Auburn hotline. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. And the number to get you through is 334 321 1390. You can also text the show 334-564-1840 on the drive text box presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast, which is available however you listen to podcasts. I would certainly recommend the first hour of today's edition of the podcast if you did not uh, hear it live mm-hmm. on the radio. Jason Caldwell, the uh, you know the the uh, information Jason himself had to cycle through the nicknames there and figure out what we were calling him these days, but uh, but Jason Caldwell uh, was able to uh, uh, to provide a lot of insight on not just last night's win on the basketball floor, but the uh, drastic renovations that Hugh Freeze has made uh, to the Auburn roster uh, since taking over as head coach, including uh, the addition of a third uh, highly sought-after offensive lineman uh, from the transfer portal earlier this week. Yeah, Avery uh, Jones was the was the latest. I'm I'm going to call him Avery Young at some point because. You know, we remember the offensive tackle that Auburn had. Uh, but, no, Avery Jones, the uh, um, really good-looking center prospect there. The spring practice is going to be really interesting to keep up with the competition with as many newcomers. I, I would think this is going to be the, it's going to be the case at, at most schools across the country. We've never, we've never had as many newcomers anywhere. As, as we have now with all the action in the transfer portal, it had gotten to be uh, fairly commonplace for high school, uh, for high schoolers to go ahead and graduate early and enter school midterm. But we've never seen the kind of movement that we're seeing now with the transfer portal. So Auburn's, you know, Auburn's got so many new faces, well over a dozen new players that are in and Auburn's going to have Probably more players on scholarship going through the spring than it's ever had. Because usually you're waiting for the rest of the guys to come in 
in the fall. And there could be some attrition following the spring. Oh, I, I would be shocked if there's not there, some attrition. There could be some, not just at Auburn either. No, everywhere. Around college football, there could be some players deciding, let's see how spring goes, and then let's take a look at that, what is it, May 1st to May 15th? Yes. Uh, you, have, you have a two-week period in May where the transfer portal reopens. I think there could be players in wait-and-see mode right now deciding, well, let's see how it goes this spring, and then we will uh, make our, uh, you know, and, the, and then the players will make their decision. I, we had a call Caller asked about Spencer Sanders earlier in the show. I think what's surprising there is, considering where we are in the calendar, that he hasn't decided to make an announcement. Because one would think Spencer Sanders is going to enroll in the spring wherever wherever he plays this, this fall. Yeah, because Oklahoma State apparently doesn't... Uh isn't expecting him back, doesn't have a spot for him. Went and, went and got Alan Bowman, right. the, the Michigan quarterback who started. Alan Bowman had a, I didn't realize he was in the portal. Alan Bowman was very, very good as a true freshman at Texas Tech years ago. He's bounced around college football since then. I think he was, if you remember, he was supposed to be the the uh, the guy who adds a big passing threat to Michigan a couple of mm-hmm. years ago, right? And it ended up it was co- it was the COVID year, and some other things got mixed around. He ended up not being really a threat uh, to be uh, the, the starter. That I think he may have gotten hurt too. I forget, but he's going to to uh, he, he's going to go replace Spencer Sanders at Oklahoma State. So yeah, one would think Spencer Sanders is going to make an announcement soon. If I had to guess right now, it just seems like the wind's blowing towards Ole Miss for for Sanders. He, well, he's officially I, I, visited. And, I, I, yeah, I'll say this: that a uh, couple of Ole Miss websites are sure that they're going to get Spencer Sanders. Right, and then you're going to have a competition between Spencer Sanders and Jackson Dart. And yeah, if- one of them, I, and it may have been, I should have asked Jason this, I, I think it was the uh, the Ole Miss 24-7 side, said Spencer Sanders has agreed to go to Ole Miss as a backup. And that would be really surprising. Yeah. You're telling me Spencer Sanders didn't get any more interest from anyone than to come to Ole Miss and be Jackson Dart's backup? I mean, if you told me that he knew he was never going to be in the NFL and he wanted to start a coaching career learning from Lane Kiffin as okay, Lane Kiffin's may, backup, maybe. Maybe. But that would still be surprising, right? Golly, I mean, wouldn't it? I mean, that's, I mean, I could, if you told me that was your, that was the plan. How many yards has Spencer Sanders thrown for in his career? He I know he's. Big 12. Player of the Offensive year, player of the year, a couple like, of years like last year, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, I guess it was twenty one. Like I mean, so it's it would be surprising if that's the decision he made. I wouldn't, uh, and, and I will add to that too. If if you were talking like USC, right? He's he's going to go to USC and back up Caleb Williams and learn from Lincoln Riley or something. That's one thing. Jackson Dart, like, is that is that guy so firmly entrenched well, as I, a starting I, quarterback? I didn't I, realize it. If that's the case, I mean, I so I would, I could see Spencer Sanders going. Uh, the notion that he would go and there's not a controversy or a competition to be Ole Miss's quarterback would surprise me immensely if that's yeah. where he ended up. Because I, I mean, I, th- I think he might present a more potent threat with, uh, with as the a ball. passer, as a passer, yeah, not just the Jackson Dart, but then a lot of guys in the in the in the SEC based on what he's done in his career. He does turn the ball over. He a does lot. turn the ball over he, he, absolutely, and uh, and they they. Fell apart down the stretch, and his play mm-hmm. was a what was was a reason why. And so, so did Ole Miss, and and so <laughs> and so did Ole Miss. Yeah, and, and Jackson Dart's play was was uh, at least part of the reason why. So you're right. That's that is uh, that's something to watch. But that's a quarterback that we've heard a lot about during the uh, during his time in the portal. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see if anyone else. You know, if Auburn adds anyone else. Uh, again, classes got started today, but there's a week that uh, still a week for players to be able to enroll. 
and start classes at Auburn. And this weekend is once again another time where um, transfers will be able to visit. They cannot right now. There's a dead period, as Jason was saying. Coaches convention going on. Always does immediately following the national championship game. There will be some coaches moving, too, here over the next few days. Um, and and I'm, uh, I saw some, someone sent me a text. I'm trying to see, uh, find out a little information, see if Auburn added a staffer. There was a, uh, I, I, got a, I got a text that said Auburn, uh, Auburn adding a, um, a full-time assistant well, bringing in someone who's been a full-time assistant to be an analyst. So I'm, I'm trying to check and see who that is. How did the, uh, did the Charles Kelly thing end up resolving itself? He's at Colorado. Not yet. He's at Colorado, isn't he? Is he, is he not? I, I, I don't know the answer to this question. I no. thought he was, I thought he was at Colorado. Maybe I have, uh, I, 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 I could have sworn he's at like, yeah, I think at, he, I think he is. You're right. I, I think it's he very is. strange though how that thing shook out. I over think the course of, it wasn't going to be okay for him to leave to go to anywhere in the SEC. I think they waited until after the transfer or yeah. not the, uh, not the, the transfer, signing period I think, I think, was December 20, 21st through 23rd. And yes. Then after that, he went to Colorado. And maybe it was after the bowl game too. Maybe, 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 he coached, maybe really he coached through the bowl game and then from that point on. But he's, I mean, they're writing, they're writing stories about him now at Colorado and he's giving interviews right. and stuff. So, um, yeah. So he's there, but, but there'll be more coaching. There'll be some more coaching moves. But there, there's no big rush for them because the few high schoolers or uh, junior college players who are unsigned, you know, will uh, will be visiting here over the next few weekends and being able to sign on February 1st, which is what three weeks from today. So we're three weeks away from the the. What used to be the the official signing period? This is the long signing period, which doesn't make any sense because there are quite a few. Uh, the number is is much smaller of the players left available to sign, but uh, but yeah. So this weekend, there could be some visitors. As Jason was saying, you'll probably start hearing a lot of a lot of juniors, underclassmen starting to take visits. That's something that for the last couple of years Auburn just didn't do. They did not get in early on players, and as a result, they were way behind when it came down the stretch. And uh, Hugh Freeze and his staff uh, are are really trying to catch up, and and I think doing an excellent job of just that. And they'll be bringing in some prospects this weekend, but there could be some more transfers. Uh, of course, I mean the last couple sort of caught us by surprise because man, they happened so quickly. We talked about Brian Batty and. And uh, uh, Avery Jones, those were a couple that there there hadn't been an awful lot of talk about. Bam, it happened. Well, and there also hadn't been a lot of time in the case of Batie. There hadn't been a lot of time with him in the, with him in the portal. I mean, no, he, he no, he went to the portal, and like two days later, he signed with Auburn. Yeah, and, and I know that some some folks look at that whenever it happens as evidence of collusion um, and or tampering or whatever you want to call it. You know, illicit contact beforehand. I, I would point out that uh, players. Are allowed to talk to whoever right. they want, and if uh, if Brian Batie found out from anyone but an Auburn coach or Auburn employee that there could be opportunity for him at Auburn, like I I don't know why Brian Batie went into the portal. I don't know if he had eyes on Auburn from the moment he did. Well, he, he may have just. I mean, he had a really good career at South Florida, but uh, they they were they weren't very good. They made a coaching change. Maybe it was just like God, time for a change myself. Well, and I and maybe he wanted to see who South Florida hired. There were Deion Sanders rumors and rumors mm-hmm. they may go somewhere splashier. You know, I'll, I'll I'll say this, Bill, since it's we'll never know, right? 
Uh, I think if South Florida had hired Cadillac Williams, like I was saying they should, maybe Brian Batiste sticks around. I may have. And stays yeah. in, uh, in Tampa instead of, instead of coming to play for Cadillac Williams here at Auburn. And that's another thing, right? I mean, Tampa plus running back makes you think Cadillac Williams had a lot to do with the acquisition of Brian Batiste over the last yeah, couple I of days. Yeah, I think so. That, that, that's, a, that's a pretty good supposition. Yeah. All right, we will uh, we'll get to our first break here of hour number two. Love for you to join in. Again, 334-321-1390. That's the Kia of Auburn Hotline as we continue here on the Wednesday Drive. The Drive continues. 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 The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive. Bill and Dan, Drew at the controls here on this Wednesday evening. And let's get to the Kia of Auburn Hotline. And James is up next. Hey, James. How you doing, James? Hey, guys. Um, quick question for you. Um, is there a limit to how many people Auburn can sign this fall or this spring, I should say? Um, the only limit you would have, you can't have over 85 players on scholarship at one time. And right now... Um, Auburn has, let's see, I believe around, it's around 83 on scholarship. Well, 83 that are projected to be on scholarship this fall, but all the freshmen aren't in school right now. So for the number of players that aren't early enrollees, you can still sign more. You just have to make sure that by the time the freshmen get in school either in May or, you know, hopefully in May, not in August, that when they enroll in school that some other players have moved out. So so that's where it's sort of a fluid number. So I, I don't know the exact number right now. I'd have to go through and, and look at the total number of freshmen, subtract the number that are coming in, and then take that away from 85. <laughs> <laughs> sort of a, it, it's not it's not a con, not that copy excuse me go ahead no i was just going to ask did the transfer players count differently than no the, okay. no they they count toward your 85 and uh, all the players as i understand it all these tra- all the transfer players are already uh enrolled and they'll be they'll be taking classes okay all right well, the only thing else I, I got to say is uh, David Pollitt made himself look like a fool the other night saying Georgia took football all, all over. So I don't think Nick Saban was very happy about it. So, But I could be wrong. But I'll talk to you guys later. See ya. Appreciate the call, James. 3343211390 the uh, number You distracted me there. And yeah, well, well it's it's something that you you should I don't want I don't want to spill the beans. On the air about that sort of thing, but, why, but no, but, but why? You get, I mean, you get the indication Auburn might not be done. No, in no, the, no. Uh, in, the, um, in, in the transfer portal, um, but no, I really, I really like the addition. You know, and somebody we haven't talked about as much because it's not as shiny and new. Uh, Jason mentioned uh, Ricardo Fair- Fairweather, the Rivaldo. F- Rivaldo, Fairweather. that's right. I've forgotten Great his name. name. I forgot his name. name. That's how, yeah, uh, Rivaldo Fairweather, the FIU. A uh, tight end who's uh, who's coming in and, and has two years of eligibility. Two years of eligibility left. May not be a traditional tight end, as you don't know how much the Hugh Freeze offense is going to use 
you know, tight ends as folks may may know them. It might, it might be bigger slot receivers and things like that. But this guy is new to the sport. He was an under-recruited basketball player mm-hmm. uh, that was convinced to try football pretty late in his high school career. And he, he went from that, and I think three, four years later, uh, he's the top tight end in a group of five conference and a sought-after tight end in the transfer portal. And, in fact, he was the first guy uh, that Hugh Freeze and his coaching staff decided to pursue from the portal once it officially opened. I, I just get the feeling Auburn's got big plans uh, for Fairweather, and uh, and it could be uh, it could be something to see with, with Hugh Freeze uh, getting to, uh, to unleash uh, that player in, in Auburn's uh, next offense. 334-321-1390. That is the, uh, the Kia of Auburn hotline. We'd love your thoughts. If you want to, uh, um, I'm surprised we haven't had any comments on last night's basketball game. Yeah, really impressed by the, uh, by the play of Wendell Green and Alan Flanagan last night. And that's something that, that really, I mean, it changes the, it changes the outlook of what this team can do when you're getting high-level performances from those two players, especially over 30-plus minutes, when the post is holding their own and when uh, uh, when Wendell can play. And it's not, just, it's not just on the offensive end of the floor, especially with Allen uh, and, and what, he provi- what he provides defensively. I mean, Auburn's still uh, looking for some answers, and the Chris Moore injury uh, changes things a little bit. Looked pretty painful, Bill. You yeah, became an expert on shoulders. Yeah, it did. I'm, I'm telling you. I mean, just, uh, just, just having dealt with a shoulder here for a while. I mean, um, it's going to be difficult for him. I think to be back in a couple of days. Hopefully, it's not too long that he's out. Don't know the the exact, um, the the exact injury. But as Jason was saying, this could be an opportunity a couple of ways. First of all, Alan Flanagan's playing better, which is really good. But you've still, you still need to give him a little, little break. Perhaps this uh, gives Chance Westry another opportunity to get in there. He hasn't played much at all lately. Uh, hopefully this is like a fresh start for him and he gets to get in there. You hope, you know, you hope you get an opportunity to, to put him in and see some positive results from, uh, from Chance because there's another guy that has some uh, abilities that can be tough to match up with. On the other side, I get a little nervous about counting on seeing more of Chance just because right now the minutes are at zero. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and inserting someone, but somebody's got to get Chris's all those minutes that Chris was playing. Chris was playing fifteen to twenty. Yeah, I, I wonder how tempted they'll be to divvy it up among players currently in the rotation versus adding somebody new to the rotation. Although. You know, I, I think that Chance Westry is somebody that a lot of folks they, they were so impressed by their first glimpse at him, right? Those mm-hmm. those games in Israel and and even uh, you know what what they saw from the high school video. You know, they make some make some um, made them think this could be an impact player. You know, I'm I'm wondering. I'm I'm in wait I'm in wait and see mode with Chance, right? Like once well, a lot of it's got to depend yeah. on how things go in practice, right? Are they you know. are they gonna are they gonna find room for him or because if I had to guess just based on what we've seen out of Bruce Pearl in the past, right? If if Chris Moore is missing an extended period of time and you got to find twenty five twenty seven minutes to divvy up. I would guess that he's going to split it among guys already in the rotation, right? More than insert someone new into the rotation, especially a true freshman. Oh, yeah. It's easier to pare down than it is to add more. You're right. You're you're right. I just would wonder, but maybe Chance Westry, you know, this is is an opportunity. It could be a chance 
Pardon chance. pun for for that's him. That's why to, I uh, kept thinking and saying opportunity. That's right. Yeah. Could, could be you know it's a chance it's, for chance. You're could, saying there's a chance. That's right. It's all this one in a million talk. We we could be uh, we we could get a, a a chance to see him a little bit more often this year. Back to the Kia of Auburn hotline. We go three three four three two one thirteen ninety. And Jeremy is next. Hey Jeremy. Yeah. Hey. Um. I, you were already starting to see the the rotation and the minutes pared down among yep. a lot of guys. I think I think some of the the reason we've played a little better the, the last few games is instead of trying to have 10 guys play 20 minutes, you've got eight guys playing 20 minutes. Eight guys playing uh, 25. Yeah, it still still works out the same. Yeah. Yeah, you, you've, you've paired, he's pared down the rotation a little bit. Like you, he's not just running everybody out there just to try to get them minutes anymore. And I think, I think some guys have settled into some roles and that, that's where, that's where having something like that with Chris Hurts is, you know, you, you feel like you're finally starting to to settle in and maybe play better, and now now you just got to reshuffle. Um, yeah, and you don't, don't want you don't want to wear Allen out now that he's starting to play better. You don't want to you don't want to you know uh, you know have him have him run down. Yeah, you don't. Well, and you don't you don't want to make somebody feel like you need more out of them either. Like like you don't want to dump all that pressure on somebody. Um, I think you know you you've gotten Janai Janai has absolutely settled in and looks looks mm-hmm. great. Um, Wendell Wendell seems to have settled in and look even even somebody like KD who has had his his time and minutes and touches and everything else cut cut drastically, he seems more settled and less out of control. Right, and that's uh, you, you know our turnovers are way down. Like it's just a million things that have gone so much better over the last couple of games, and you know it's. I, I, I really think you're going to be looking more at guys playing playing 25 or 30 minutes as opposed to trying to find that 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 ninth guy or tenth guy to play to play ten. So I, you know, sometimes I think that's just what you're going to have to lean on. Um, hey, football wise, how many more spots are available? Like between between portal and you know COVID numbers and all this, it's almost impossible to keep up with. But like for for spring recruiting, high school guys that might come in in the spring. Um, or might be signed in the springtime, and portal guys. How many more spots are available? I believe it's around six. Uh, that's that's just looking at the numbers that project, and then the freshman that for every freshman who every player who signed who is not in school right now, you can sign a player. You just need to make sure that you're down by the time those guys get in school. Okay, but you're you're saying like six more spots. Yeah, I think I think it's at least six. Okay, I, I was just curious because look, it just all the portal the portal talk. It just seems every day there's three more people that yep. somebody's talking about. You're looking at or maybe maybe committing or maybe signing, and I just know you've got you've got the spring high school. What used to be oh yeah. Signing day oh, they're not done, they're not done with high school and junior college players. I tell you what, I'll, I'll I'll do a little work here during the break and try to come up with a uh, a, a more concrete number. Appreciate, Appreciate the call, call, Jeremy. We need to get to our bottom of the hour break. Text, hang on. We're right back with the final half hour. Time to churn up some more yardage on the drive. 
The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive. Final 25 minutes here on this Wednesday evening. Bill and Dan, all right, I did, I did a little quick math there during the break. I believe that with, uh, with, with the players who are going through the winter workouts on scholarship, that Auburn has 74 players on scholarship going through winter workouts. So that would actually leave 11 spots. But then you would have to know that there would be a good bit of attrition because there are 10, there are 10 freshmen who signed who are not early enrollees. So you well, you sign those eleven and get to eighty five, and then the other ten players want to get in school. You're in trouble. How you're, much you're are ten you, players? Out. How much are you projecting with that seventy four oh. and, and taking players that you expect? Like I, they're currently well, on the roster, well, but you don't well, expect one of them. them one of them. There was a story about today. T.J. Finley um, starting winter workouts with the Auburn football team today. I think the expectation from everyone is that T.J. will. Uh, is is expecting to graduate at the end of this semester and then be a graduate transfer. But for the time being, right. he would still count against your scholarship. Right, I would I would count him in that situation. Yeah, so I would but... say he's he's not likely to be one of the scholarship players come the the yeah. spring, excuse me, come the summer semester. There are we talked about Zach Calzada. I believe he's made it official by the way announcing yes, he's, he's an going incarnate word. Incarnate word, but there there have not been that many Auburn players who went into the portal from last year's roster and have not announced a destination. AD Diamond uh is uh, is going to UAB. Right. I believe there's there's been uh, some 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 uh some news See, there. See Tyler Lindsay to uh, to 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 Albany. Where's uh, where's Zave going? Z- we we've got oh, he was, uh, Western Kentucky, right? Yeah, Zave, it is. Zave Western Kentucky. going to Western Kentucky. So mm-hmm. so we're starting to see with with the the spring semester uh, here and the uh, deadline looming, uh, we're, we're seeing some resolution as far as some of those players leaving Auburn and wh- where they're going to end up. So you're not going to have them in limbo or considering a return to Auburn with the transfer portal closing. Yeah, because uh, so, so th- there was a story a few days ago about Auburn's 13 new enrollees. That was before the last wave of transfer portal guys, but it included eight incoming freshmen. Auburn has signed 18 freshman. So that that's where there'll be 10 more that'll be coming in. So Auburn has room for around 10, but you would I'd be shocked if you get that high because then you then you do have to run into that you may run into you you need to be uh moving some players out. There will be attrition. I I would expect at least a half dozen spots uh would not be a problem. According to 24/7 uh, there are five players from last year's Auburn team that are in the portal and have not announced a destination. They are J.J. Evans, Daz Worsham, Joko Willis, Jordan Ingram, and Marquise Robinson. Hmm. Those are your five ones last updated uh, mid, mid, they, middle they of They want to start school somewhere. They, they, they better find a place quick. Let's get back to the Kia of Auburn hotline. Tex has been hanging on for a while. Hey, Tex. Hey, guys. Uh, I know Spectre doesn't like my sunshine pumping. I wish y'all could see this sunset over the Atchafalaya Basin as I'm driving west. It, it, it's remarkable. It, it is quite remarkable, considering what's coming in starting tomorrow. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so, uh, a couple things uh, about basketball. 
I, I had said I wasn't going to start watching them until they became unselfish, and it appeared against Arkansas they had become unselfish. So decided to watch it, and somebody twisted my arm last night. And two numbers that really stuck out to me, 19 and 9, two-to-one assist to turnover ratio. Mm-hmm. And I was at one time counting how many times points were given up by K.D. Johnson and Wendell Green because they were whining and crying about getting fouled when they went to the basket. That seems to have gone away. So it appears to me that the unselfishness, I mean, the selfishness has gone away because we were getting beat bad when we're laying on the ground back down there complaining that we got fouled and they're, they're grab, the other team's grabbing a rebound and beating us out or they were high ball screening us and our point guard wasn't getting over to, to take the cutter and we were getting beat on the back door. So it, it seems to me just looking at it and watching Katie's body language that something has changed. I don't know how they changed it, but it changed. And it's really, they were really, somebody said, uh, I saw somebody who said they were at the game, said they were not very good. I don't believe that. I don't believe we shoot the ball very well, but I think we're extremely athletic. Yeah, well, Auburn, and, and the other thing, Tex, I liked is Auburn isn't, isn't firing up as many shots either as they were from outside. Correct. And, there are many times when Wendell, you could tell, he wanted to cock yep. it and let it fly from about 25, 26 feet, and he changed his mind and moved the basketball, and we got good shots. Uh, I also think part of the situation is when Flanagan plays the way he's been playing, that takes a lot of pressure off the other guys. His ability to score the ball, rebound the ball, get out on the fast break, he gives you a weapon that uh, takes a lot of pressure off the other guys. So that's fun to watch. Uh, by the way, speaking of the transfer portal, uh, it's 100% according to someone out of Ponchatoula that uh, he's going to go through workouts. If he wins the job, it's completely different. Uh, but he has to do that to maintain his scholarship and get through. But Finley is... Mm, probably ninety five percent chance that he won't be back at all. Yeah, I didn't have him. I didn't have him on my depth chart. I didn't going, either. Going into going into next season, things can change, but it just felt like you know maybe a fresh start would be the best thing for him uh, somewhere yeah. else with a with a new set of uh, new set of teammates and a new set of fans and a new set of coaches and and all that stuff. Hey, Tex, the uh, the generals getting into pickleball. You might have a uh, you, you might you, you might have a, you might have a pal uh, there on the uh, on, on the lake pretty soon. I'll get you guys to talk about that sometime off the air. But he's well, he's, he's, in, he's enjoying the, uh, the the courts they've got there at Wind Lakes. Uh, I would love to spend some time playing with him. We we go to the Opelika Sportsplex every single time we're in town. As a matter of fact, my wife should be there on Friday. I won't be. I'm going in a different direction, but uh, so she'll be up there playing and she'll be at the lake for a few days. But we'll be back. There's a big tournament there in March. And if, if you've never played the game, it's fun, it's exciting, it's fast. It's not for just old people. I played against 22-year-olds last night. So, uh, And, yes, I'm way older than 22. But uh, it's not an old people's game. It's a very athletic game. And you got right there in Opelika one of the best facilities mm-hmm. in the country. 
and a uh, a, 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 a sponsor to the show. As a matter of fact, too, we were running uh, we're running sportsplex uh, sportsplex ads uh, here on the uh, on the drive. Thrilled thrilled that that place is uh, is 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 involved because yeah, it's uh, an amazing facility they've got there in Opelika. Well, they've got somebody out there that's uh, really respected within the Auburn Athletic Department, a longtime member of the chain gang. I don't know if he would want me to mention his name, but uh, he was on the chain gang at in Turton Hare Stadium for years and years and just re- just retired. And he runs the uh, sport. Well, he's the director of recreations in Opelika. Really, really good man. And uh, the cool thing about that place is it's covered. So when it's cold, it's not real cold. And when it rains, it's dry. Uh, so... It's, it's a great place. Have, have you seen the uh, the university has some courts as part of the uh, the, the the new tennis courts over on Hemlock because the the university got yes. rid of the old tennis courts to build that was one of the things that got uprooted to build the new for football, the new football facility, for the new right. football facility and right. they put in they put in new tennis courts near the the parking lots at Hemlock and what would that be Thatch maybe it's 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 over there like a street over from Old Row on on yeah, hemlock right. near those parking lots and they uh they have tennis courts and pickleball courts and when the semester when the students are around the pickleball courts are slammed like i mean it, it's uh, if, if the sun is out uh you, you can you can drive by and see people uh playing uh playing pickleball you don't see as many tennis players as you used to uh but you see the, the pickleball courts are absolutely packed all the time so it's uh yeah it's certainly not just for uh for retirees tex been there played there so i can just tell you if something opens up Anywhere in the south, we pretty much go when it's opening up just to see. Because we're trying to get the people, of course, to find it hard to believe Louisiana's behind the behind the times and anything. Uh, <laughs> Tongue-in-cheek there. Uh, but uh, we're try- we try to use all the weapons we can to get them to do the same thing here in Louisiana. One more thing, a baseball season coming up. It is amazing to me that team workouts are cut down to three weeks before your first game. Yeah. You know, bullpens are one thing. Live against hitters and inner squads are something completely different. And we don't, in the even in the South, when baseball season starts, you don't always get really warm weather. So, as a matter of fact, most opening days at Plainsman Park are miserable, miserably cold. So, uh, we'll see. Yeah, but the All week right, before is usually beautiful. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I've had that discussion with another listener before multiple times. Yeah. So, hey, by the way, uh, did you get that text I sent or that little note I sent you, Bill? Uh, I figured out what happened with the baseball tickets. The reason you can buy single Oh, no, I didn't see that. Is you can get season uh, single games and some small packages. And what it looks like is it's visiting team tickets. Where oh, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. So I figured that out. I kept going, God, they're incredibly hard to get. How did that happen? So that's where they come from. All right? That sounds good. All right, guys. Thanks for making my ride a little better. Appreciate it, Tex. Talk to you again, Tex. We'll get to our final break of the afternoon. Still time for you to join in. 334-321-1390. That's the Kia of Auburn Hotline as we wind it down here on the Wednesday Drive. Now, more of The Drive. The Drive. With Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive. Final few minutes 
here on this Wednesday. All right, so Dan sent me sent me something a while ago, and, and I didn't understand what I was. I thought he just sent me part of it, and he wanted me to uh, to check it out. Um, um, but what it is, all right, so Jason, of course, was with us for uh, most of the first hour. And there on 24-7, Steve Wilfong, one of the national guys there, uh, added a crystal ball forecast for another transfer portal player. This one, he is crystal balling to Auburn. And it is a player that, yes, boy, we've talked about the the beef that has been added. I mean, Auburn has really, Hugh Freeze and staff have really focused on the line of scrimmage. And the, you know, uh, one of the more highly touted defensive linemen in the transfer portal is Justin Rogers and Steve Wilfong crystal balling him to Auburn. A lot of people thinking he was headed to Alabama. But, I mean, and, and hey, it's not a done deal. This is just a, a prediction for Justin Rogers. But, uh, man, what, what a literally and figuratively huge pickup that would be for the former Kentucky uh, defensive lineman. 6'3", 315 pounds or so, originally out of Oak Park, Michigan. Yeah, he was uh, the uh, the number tw- number ten overall player in the class of twenty twenty. Yeah. Uh, number he was a five star. Uh, t- I believe either the top player, or the, no- the number two player in the state of I think Michigan. He's the number two player out of the state of Michigan. Yeah, that year. coming out and and since uh, since going into the portal a little more than a week ago, uh, there have been players. Uh, there there have been schools all over the country uh, that have been pursuing uh, this uh, this young man, Justin Ooh. Rogers, and uh, and Auburn is uh, is now reportedly in that list, and, and folks think that Auburn has a pretty good shot at Justin Rogers, and that would be a huge addition I... to a defensive line that wants to uh, the, the wants to inject uh, some talent into the room. Did I, I, I think I mentioned a while ago um, somebody uh, texting me that there was word of Auburn adding an analyst who had been a position coach somewhere. And then, I, and then I, I was trying to find something, and I thought I saw, and I can't find it. Haven't been able to find it. That Auburn may have added the Eastern Michigan defensive line coach as an analyst mm. because I saw, uh, and I got to try to find this. I saw a tweet from someone thanking Hugh Freeze and Jeremy Garrett for the opportunity at Auburn and sending a fond farewell to Eastern Michigan. I wonder if this guy has that, any any ties with uh, with Justin You're Rogers. talking about Vontrell King-Williams. I am indeed. That's the name. I yeah, couldn't think of it just off right. the top of my head. Vontrell King-Williams spent the 2022 season as the defensive tackle coach at EMU and is uh, is joining the off-field staff. This was announced uh, earlier this week uh, that uh, the Vontrell King-Williams. I believe that was, yeah, I mean, not much earlier this yeah. week, I can tell you. Did they just did they just post I something in the like last today? Uh, yes, yeah. January eleventh is that today? That's today. Yeah. Well, that would be uh, there was a story from Tom Green at AL.com. Oh, okay, I, I had not seen King that. Okay. Williams earlier today. Well, that's why somebody sent that to me. Then I have had a hour. Let me tell you, I have. I have not had an opportunity to read an awful lot of sports today. Vontrell King-Williams spent two seasons at Liberty uh, with uh, with Hugh Freeze okay. and was uh, was the defensive line coach at EMU. Now, now he's going to be another an another young. It is interesting. It's very interesting, though. Excellent detective work, yeah. Paul. That Auburn would be in in pursuit of a Michigan native who has played defensive line for Kentucky the last couple of years, and they add a Michigan uh, a coach who was formerly. I don't know. I don't know how deep the Michigan ties no, go no. with Vontrell King Williams, but they also add, and he's also somebody with Hugh Freeze ties. That so is not, right. You know, it's not like they're hiring the guy's brother or no. something to come in and be on the, no, on the staff. Man, I, I'm really intrigued here. I mean, 
Um, this is one of those where I almost like don't want to get my hopes up too high. A Justin Rogers pickup would be a pretty nice. Oh, that would be the, huge. Auburn defensive line, yeah, that would be huge. And uh, I think the guy's got more than one year of eligibility too, right? It was twenty twenty. Yeah, I mean, Bill, yeah. You're, so he, he should have he should have two years of eligibility left. I mean, you you reacted with some significance when I saw the name when that was the. Well, I, mean, I mean, you sent me the thing, and all I saw was crystal ball. It's like, oh well, who could it be? Is 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 there a surprise quarterback? Is there another skill player? And it's like. Oh man, you cannot get enough quality linemen, especially quality defensive linemen. And for all the talk of Auburn's need to improve, you know, its its production at the quarterback position, and I get that, but the 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 mess that Hugh Freeze inherited at the line of scrimmage. Now, and that's not to disparage any player, but just not nearly enough on either side of the ball, uh, especially guys with track records, you know, as as uh, you know, as as producers, it just didn't, you know, Auburn needed to go find uh, a lot more at virtually every spot on the offensive and defensive line, right. and where they are now versus where they were the day Hugh Freeze was hired or the day the regular season ended. It's it's pretty remarkable what he's been able to do, and it is a drastic change from. Uh, where Auburn stood eight weeks ago and the two off seasons, not to insult the previous coaching staff, but it's, but it's in stark contrast to the way Auburn was bringing in players the last couple of seasons under, under Brian Harson. No, it's, uh, it continues to be an amazing story. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. We're just about out of time here on the uh, Wednesday edition of the drive. Our thanks to Jason Caldwell from AUTigers.com being with us for most of our number one. And we appreciate all the callers. Again, we, we didn't really get into a whole lot. Mentioned that Alabama, uh, I think Derek wanted us to talk quickly a little bit of some thoughts on Alabama, Arkansas. Yeah. Arkansas is a slight favorite at home. Alabama's deeper than Arkansas. Um, Arkansas can win this ball game, but they really better get after Alabama. I was on with, uh, with Wimp and, uh, and his son this morning up in Tuscaloosa, and we were talking about it. This is a game I think officiating is going to be very important to watch. If the officials call it tight, that's not good for Arkansas. It's I mean it's so hard to pick against